We are going to continue in Ecclesiastes as painful as it might be. Okay? Uh, There are six themes, basically, depending on who you read and talk to. But there are six themes in the book of Ecclesiastes, and and these are the themes that that you're going to hear over and over again for the next uh, three months, uh, because uh, as we make our way through Ecclesiastes, uh, rather than uh, doing it just just real rigidly along uh, the the chapter and verse sort of arrangement, uh, we're going to touch on these themes as we move through. Here are the themes. Well, first of all, let me just tell you, we're still in faith and discipline. Uh, the first quarter of the year, we dealt with the disciplines of our faith. There were six of them. We went through them twice. Last week, when I mentioned them, somebody came up and said, do you have that printout? And I was like, no, but we'll make one so that we can hand that out, all right? Uh, but now as we continue, we're going to look at the development of our faith and, and what it means for our faith to develop. And, and, and in doing that, we're going to examine this writing of, of what I believe to be Solomon's writing. Uh, Solomon, at least for some, uh, is the source material for this writing. But understanding how Solomon's faith uh, progressed throughout his life and understanding that as Ecclesiastes Ecclesiastes is one of the wisdom books of the Old Testament, Psalms, Proverbs, uh, Ecclesiastes. Uh, you, you get these, this idea of, 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 of Solomon's perspective. And that's what I shared with you last week, was that there is meaning in life. Solomon in Ecclesiastes basically makes this statement that there is no meaning. But what he comes to in the end, and we're going to get there. Just got to be patient. We'll get there. That, that there is only one place that we can find meaning in life. And that's in God. That's in, 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 in our faith and our trust and our relationship with God. And, and for us, now this was not Solomon's experience, but for us that is, that is provided uh, for, in, in the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. You know, Jesus died. We celebrated that last week, but he rose. Uh, and so, so we celebrate that. So here are the, the, the six themes such as they are. Uh, one he deals with is simply the effects of the fall. The world we live in uh, is under the curse of the fall all the way back to creation. The second one is that th- this whole futility of life, this, this vanity of life, this, this sort of this, this sort meaningless pursuit in the world that we live in. Uh, he deals with sin and death and, and, and the impact of sin and death and uh, he also though he deals with the joy of work (laughs) as juxtaposed against the frustration of work right He, he he deals with the enjoyment of God's good gifts and he also deals with what it means to to have this healthy fear and awe of God so those are the six themes that we're going to deal with today, but uh, the message today is more about the, the researching futility. Researching, right? Let, let's make a study of futility, all right? So pray with me. Here we go. God, thank you for your word. Thank you, God, that you have revealed yourself to us in creation by your word. God, illuminating and showing us who you are through your spirit. And so, God, help us to pay attention. God, help us to see, help us to hear. God, give us understanding and give us wisdom. God, help us to run to you, to draw near to you. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Um, When I was a kid, I've told you all the story of my parents gave me an allowance when I was a really little kid. 
like first, second grade, I got 50 cents a week. Right? I remember one day, I, I, I told y'all the story where I caught up with the pet milk truck, bought a pint of chocolate milk for 50 cents, drank it, and then I was sad that I'd given up my whole 50 cents in, in the blink of an eye. Right? Man, I mean, I, I'd done my best to be a good boy all week long to get my 50 cents. Right? That, that was my first job, I guess you'd call it, is being a good boy. Right? Well, my first job at 12 years old was working for my uncle Clyde. He uh he back in the he was one of the entrepreneurs and first people that cut grass. He had a lawn care company, uh, and and he hired his nephew, and so he put me on a lawnmower. I, that's where I learned that's where I learned my first valuable lesson in lawn care is don't scalp the yard. Y'all know what that means? Okay, gotcha. All right. So, um, my next job was at Hardee's. Right, I, I was in school. I was driving. Uh, I flipped burgers and and. You know, they gave me a check for flipping burgers. And I didn't endear myself to the management very well, so I wasn't there long. <laughs> it was a, a joint decision. I agreed that I shouldn't be there anymore. <laughs> and they agreed with me. Uh, then I went to work in textile mills. That was an interesting little journey. Right? And I worked. Drew a check. When I was working for the textile mill in high school, man, I was making twice what my friends were making down at the McDonald's or the Hardee's for that matter. Man, I thought I had a ride. Man, I was ready to do that the rest of my life. You know what? I can ride by the textile mill today where I worked. It's not there anymore. I tore it down. Matter of fact, you ride by any of the Greenwood Mills plants in my hometown. I think there's only one that still exists. You know what? Things change. Life moves on. We either, shall I say it, grow up <laughs> or we don't. There was a class in Bible college and in seminary called spiritual formation. Anybody ever heard of that little phrase? That's this concept of, of our spiritual development and growth. This idea of how we progress from, from a place of, of, of a spiritual infancy to a spiritual maturity. Now, I have to go ahead and be honest with you that it doesn't simply apply in the Christian context. Because some people's spiritual development is completely devoid of any acknowledgement and recognition of God. Their spiritual development is about worshiping something else. It's about worshiping the world around them. It's about worshiping uh, uh, themselves. It's about worshiping relationships or career. And all. So, so when we dive into Ecclesiastes, what we're going to see is, is that Solomon investigated everything that it was possible to investigate. He dove in the deep end of the world. And yet it's troubling for me sometimes to think back to the, to the historical books of the Old Testament and find out that Solomon at one point in his life sought the face of God. And, 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 and I remember as I was preaching through Solomon years ago when I was doing the stars of God's story, um, I, I preached on Solomon and everybody gives Solomon a great deal of credit for asking God for wisdom when God said he would give him anything he wanted. And yet, if you go back and look at Solomon's life, you'll find out that David told him to ask that. You find it in there. David told, told his son, look, 
The thing you need to get from God, ask from God, you need to receive from God is wisdom to lead his people. And so when Solomon was given the opportunity, guess what he asked for? Wisdom to lead his people. You know what that sounds like? Hmm? Father knows best <laughs> in both situations. Okay? See what I mean? So when we look at this idea of researching futility, what will we run after? And, and will it contribute to our spiritual formation? Will, will it contribute to your, your relationship with God or will it detract or distract or take away from your relationship with God? See, we're going to investigate these things. So here you go. Uh, I, I put together this little summary of chapters 1 and 2. You ready? Time passes, sun comes and goes, wind blows, water flows, wisdom, knowledge, pleasure, laughter, wine, possessions, people, gold and silver, herds and flocks. That's chapters 1 and 2. Yay! Okay, you got it? All right, let's pray. No, I'm just kidding. But think about it. Solomon did all of these things to the, the, the nth, to, to the extreme. He ran after things of the world just beyond control. Basically, what he says to us is, I tried it all. Remember last week I told you, I said, the fact that Solomon can say that everything is futility can only be stated because he tried everything. See, he ran after the world. I mean, this is the guy, remember I said, yeah, I don't know, I preached four times last week. I don't know what I said and what I didn't say. But I'll say this. <clears throat> what is it? 300 wives? 700? I can't remember. He had a thousand relationships you know I would have said that was impossible in modern times until I read the news <laughs> right I mean think about it you look around us look around yourself in the world today and you see people running after the world to the extreme and to their utter destruction and if you get the, the daily devotional thing, you'll find out that, that actually it's the godlessness and unrighteousness that, that Paul mentions in Romans chapter 1 that denies truth and the truth of God. This is what Solomon said. Ecclesiastes 1 verse 8. All things are wearisome more than anyone can say. The eye is not satisfied by seeing or the ear filled with hearing wow you know i think i've heard that in my office a time or two right because folks who are are in the world pursuing the world folks who are running after the pleasures the self-satisfaction the the self-service ultimately the selfishness of the world get to the the end of something and they go well, what good was that what was that for how did that help anything? As a matter of fact, let's take a look at how that hurt things. You see what I mean? And so Solomon is letting us know, I tried it. I tried it all. You want me to go through the list again? Time passes, sun comes and goes, wind blows, water flows, wisdom, knowledge, pleasure, laughter, wine, possessions, people, gold, silver, herds, and flocks. He tried it all. And then we get the message that he succeeded. Because he was king. 
I mean, Solomon is letting us know, I did it all. So here's the question that you and I have to address. We're going to pay attention to him. We got three months. We're going to deal with Ecclesiastes. Are we going to listen to Solomon? We're going to pay attention to what Solomon learned. Can I go ahead and tell you that as a, what would my mom call me? A mischievous child? I think my answer is going to be no. Because my mom would always tell me, now you had to learn (laughs) by making mistakes. You had to learn the hard way, right? You know, I was home this week with mom and dad cleaning up the property and doing that sort of thing and, and, and taking care of some things around mom and dad's house, right? And, 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 and my dad has a burn pit built out of blocks, you know, and he, he burns trash and stuff. He's got five something. He's got a little, what used to be a farm, but now he only got a little bit of land. And so he, he burns trash and, and we cleaned out a barn and I found a, a, a groundhog. Anyway, um, cleaned out the barn this week and, and, and we built a burn pile. I mean, a, a pile bigger than me. It's tall. And, and he said, if it rains Friday, I'm going to burn it. Well, okay. All right. All right. And we were talking. He said, yeah. And so what he does is he'll start one or the other of them burning. And, and he's got a chair in the yard. And he'll sit down in the yard and he'll watch it burn. <laughs> Fascinating. I said, Dad, you just sit there and watch it burn this week. He said, yeah. He said, you do that. I said, what do you mean? He said, remember when you were four? I went, yeah. He said, remember the forest fire you set? And I went, yeah. He said, and when I got home from work that day, the forestry service guy was in the yard. And I went, yeah. And we asked your babysitter where you were. And she said, in the closet. Right? See, I learned the hard way. I learned things the hard way. Maybe you do too. That's what Solomon did. Solomon said, I tried everything and I succeeded. Listen to these verses. Ecclesiastes 1.17, he said, I applied my mind to know wisdom and knowledge. That's what we remember about Solomon, right? Why is this man ever? No one exceeded Solomon in his wisdom in his time. People came from other countries to, to hear Solomon's wisdom. But he says, I applied my mind to know wisdom and knowledge, madness and folly. I learned that this too is a pursuit of the wind. Remember that word futility, meaninglessness, vanity from last week uh, carries the concept of vapor. Trying to grab vapor. Ecclesiastes 2, 9 to 11, he says, so I became great. I surpassed all who were before me in Jerusalem. My wisdom also remained with me. All, listen, verse 10, all that my eyes desired, I did not deny them. I did not refuse myself any pleasure, for I took pleasure in all my struggles. This was my reward for all my struggles. When I considered all that I had accomplished and what I had labored to achieve, I found everything to be futile and a pursuit of the wind. There was nothing to be gained under the sun. Wow. Can I just use a phrase? (laughs) That's pretty depressing. That's pretty depressing. 
When you look around the world as right now and you see the kind of despair and depression and discouragement that we see in the world around us, it's no wonder the statistics are what they are. Because, folks, the world, the world system and and, and, and the angel of light of this world, Satan himself, the adversary, is drawing people into this meaningless futility, this pursuit of pleasure, this pursuit of anything my eyes desire. You know what it comes down to? People get unhappy with themselves. They get dissatisfied with themselves in such a way that they say, okay, I'm going to be something different. I'm going to make myself into something different. And now we've given them the weapons and the tools to absolutely destroy God's creation. You see, it's troubling. Verse 15, Solomon goes on to say, So I said to myself, What happens to the fool will also happen to me. Why then have I been overly wise? And I said to myself that this is also futile. For just like the fool, there is no lasting remembrance of the wise, since in the days to come both will be forgotten. How is it that the wise person dies just like the fool? Therefore, now listen to this. This is this. Ugh. Therefore, I hated life because the work that was done under the sun was distressing to me, for everything is futile, a pursuit of the wind. Verse 18 I hated all my work that I labored at under the sun because I must leave it to the one who comes after me. Y'all know the history, right? I mean, Saul appointed first king and then rejected by God. David, that that great king, hands the kingdom off to his son Solomon. And what happened after Solomon? Rehoboam and Jeroboam and the kingdom split and God's people are divided. And who knows whether he will be wise or a fool. Yet he will take over all my work that I labored at skillfully under the sun. This too is futile. So I began to give myself over to despair concerning all my work that I had labored at under the sun. Oh man, let's all have a good cry. Folks, if that's all there is to it, if that's the beginning and the end of the lives we lead, if, if, if that, I mean, Solomon, wise, 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 rich, 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 everything, 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 and he gets to this point and says, what's the use? I'm grateful for the last three points, the last three themes of the book, the joy as well as the frustration of work, the enjoyment of God's good gifts and the fear of God. See, we're going to get to that. But here you go. What will you accomplish? Here's application. Y'all ready? Application of the, uh, uh, of the message today. Verse 24, here we go. There is nothing better for a person than to eat, drink, and enjoy his work. I have seen that even this is from God's hand because he who can eat and who can enjoy life apart from him, God gives 
these also. He gives wisdom, knowledge, and joy, but to the sinner he gives the task of gathering and accumulating in order to give to the one who is pleasing in God's sight. This too is futile and a pursuit of the wind. So here's what we keep hearing in, in thematically from the book of Ecclesiastes. I tried it. I succeeded. I've done it all. And here's what I found out. You know, God. God is at the center of life. God's the one that gives us the opportunity, the ability, the blessing of work, of, man, I had ribs Friday. I love a good rack of ribs. I know sometimes there are things that just deserve an amen. I'm not sure if that was it, but okay, thank you. No, just kidding. <laughs> just joking. But my point is this. You sit down. Why do we say the blessing? Right? Here, here, here's what happens. I told you all my grandma, she got on my case about this one time. Grandma, grandma, let me say the blessing. She says, you can't say the blessing. You can ask the blessing. You can't say the blessing. So she would let me ask for God's blessing. Why do we sit down to a meal? To give thanks and praise for God's provision. Not just to go through the motions. But in every little detail of every little thing in our lives. We acknowledge God is our provider. God is the source of our strength. God is at the core of our spiritual formation. And I want to get closer and closer and closer to God every day of my life. I want to pursue Him. I want to run after Him. I want to draw near to Him. I want to grow up in Him. I don't want to be a spiritual baby. Run. Sorry. Whining. When the world gives me what I don't think I deserve. But that happens way too often. Folks, as God's kids, as God's people, we have got to spend each day just getting in his presence, drawing near to him, letting him pour into us those things that grow us up, that mature us spiritually. So that when the world does throw us some sort of curveball or, 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 or something that we just don't off after something in the world or, or some despair in our own lives or some dissatisfaction with who God is and who he made us to be. You see, I want to run after God because everything in this world is futility. And, and one of the themes... What you're going to hear it over and over again is this, this idea of under the sun. The reference there is, is, is worldly. It's secular. It has to do with that which is apart from God. Okay? And Solomon says, man, I built palaces and I built the temple and I, I built cities and I built armies and I had horses and I had chariots and, and, and I, had, I had everything that this world can offer and I despaired that's why I can't wait till we get to chapter 12 because at the end of the book we're going to get Solomon going fear God walk with God 
So like I said last week, I'm telling you the end of the story before we get to it. Because I don't want to preach the despair. I don't want to preach the futility. I don't want to preach the meaninglessness, the, the vapor concept of the world without telling you our hope is in God. Our hope is in the salvation that God has provided through the shed blood of Jesus Christ. Not the answers that we see with regard to the news or the politics or the ec economics or, or, or cultural influencers. Our hope's in God. Run to Him. Draw near to Him. Get in His presence biblically, worshipfully, relationally. Do you hang around people that encourage your faith? Right? Do you hang out with people that, that edify you? I did a whole youth camp one year, and the title of that youth camp was, Yo! Edify. So I had, I had 100 kids running around some camp in North Georgia. And, and that you could hear it all across the campground. They'd all be going, yo, edify. They'd see each other walking down the path at the camp. Yo, edify. Right? Because I want to be built up. Likewise, I want to build up. I want you to be encouraged in the things of God. Because guess what? There's not a lot of encouragement in the things of the world. Okay, all right. Faith and discipline. I summarized the list of themes. God, sin, righteousness, sin. Right? Hope, sin. Abstain. Run away from unrighteousness and sin see run to God that's where our hope is alrighty if you don't know Jesus this morning gosh you really need Jesus and I could give you a lot of things this morning I'd give you an ink pen I'd give you a cup of coffee but if you don't know Jesus the thing you need the most is Jesus you need to know Jesus you need to have the salvation that Jesus provided. You need to acknowledge that God is God and you are not. Okay? If you don't know Jesus, let us introduce you to Him this morning, okay? Maybe you're a Christian, but maybe you're conflicted because of the distractions of this world. Then I would encourage you to, let, to, to confess sin in your life, turn from it, let God cleanse you. Maybe you want to be a part of what God's doing here at Gathering. Several of those folks we baptized last week are members of the Gathering because they wanted to be members. It's cool. Come be a part of what God's doing. Not, not a part of a club, not a part of a membership role. But if God's calling you to be a part of what he's doing in this place, come on. Because uh, we're going to continue to run after him with everything we got. All righty? Pray with me. Father, thank you for today. I thank you that, that there is a lesson to be learned here. I thank you that Solomon learned it for us ahead of time. Yet, God, are we going to pay attention to what Solomon learned? Or have we got to go try it ourselves? Have we got to go light a match to find out if fire burns? 
God, help us to hear Solomon. Help us to learn. But God, help us to draw near to you. Help us to seek your face. Help us to abide in your word. God, help us to be on our knees. Help us to share hope with others. Help us to worship wherever we are. God, my prayer is that we'd be about the things that build us up, that edify us, and that edify others. So God, help us to do that. And we just, I just pray it this morning in Jesus' name. God, help us to do what you want us to do. Amen.